Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Math is hard. We're trying to figure out how many Grizz hockey tickets we have for all of you because Grizz hockey back at home Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this weekend. So we were just trying to figure it all out right before we go on air. So if you saw for a brief moment, producer Andrew on the show, that's why. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuana's now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, full slate today. Wednesdays have become a, quite a powerhouse day for all you fine folks out there. Uh, we got it pretty locked in with the lineup. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, a national FCS senior analyst uh, who provides coverage for Hero Sports and BetMGM. Uh, he's one of the go-to gurus when it comes to FCS football, and he joins us now uh, to lead each Wednesday show. show to, so we'll get to Sam in about five minutes. We also have our Montana State Minute. Featuring Callahan O'Reilly, a senior inside linebacker uh, for Montana State, uh, as they make their way down to northern Arizona. Only one guy on the whole team's ever played in Flagstaff. How funny is that? How ridiculous is that? Uh, we talked to Cal about that, as well as a variety of other uh, topics. We'll have uh, Grizz hockey tickets for you here in just a minute and about 445. And the second time around, you're going to get a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as well. Wing It Wednesday, Grizz hockey style, coming up about 445. Uh, this week on the ESPN Roundtable, an old friend, and I could say a friend of this show, certainly a uh, professional friend of mine, a guy I've gotten to know really well over the years because our paths just have always crossed, Bo Baldwin, formerly the head coach at Eastern Washington, currently the head coach at Cal Poly, a guy who's now uh, in his 11th overall season in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, he brings his Mustangs to Missoula uh, on Saturday evening to play the Grizzlies. So he'll join us for our ESPN roundtable. Uh, and then we also have our Grizz Star of the Week as well. Uh, had to call a little audible on this one, but still excited to have this guy back on. We haven't talked to him in a little while. Trajan Cotton, who's a senior uh, defensive. Actually, he's only a junior. That's right. He got his, his medical redshirt. So Trajan Cotton uh, has a year of eligibility remaining after this year. But he'll join us uh, here on our Grizz Star of the Week. About 5.30. So there you go. It's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Uh, any and all real estate questions you might have in western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show? You always can on the ESPN MT app and uh, on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Uh, uh, I, I hear the phone dialing up to Sam Herter, but one other thing. I just, just saw uh, an old friend, my... Uh, my neighbor growing up my whole life, Mary Stanager, just stopped by. Uh, she is the wife of the late Ken Stanager, and they live right across the street from me uh, growing up. And I grew up with her kids, uh, her son Ryan, one of my good friends, uh, all the way back to childhood. And uh, she just she always drops by when she finds uh, fun stuff. Her husband, Kenny, was a, a prominent sports agent and a guy who really had a huge influence on helping, especially guys from Montana, especially guys from the University of Montana, make their way uh, to the professional ranks. The National Football League had a huge influence in the Canadian Football League as well. One of his big-time clients during his career as an agent was Mark Rippon, who uh, rose to great prominence uh, with then the Washington Redskins and now the Washington Commanders. And he was the Super Bowl MVP the last time the Redskins won the Super Bowl. And... Uh, then he got a huge, huge contract. It was a record-breaking contract. Uh, at the time, I think he, he became a, a higher-paid quarterback than Dan Marino. And that was sort of the gold standard. And that sort of then thrust what we've seen now, where quarterbacks are going from you know making 
a million dollars to now making 30, 40, 50 million dollars if you're Patrick Mahomes. Fascinating. But I appreciate Mary for swinging by. Nice to see her. And I just love looking at stuff like this. A publication from 30 plus years ago. Uh, football superstars is uh, the football superstars album is what this is called 16 full page posters so if you know me we're going to be pulling this off the shelf again uh, someday down the line on Nuanas now uh, so thanks to, for, to Mary for swinging by and uh, always love the, the memorabilia the uh, the old school stuff all the, the relics and the stuff that just brings you back the memories and uh, reminds you history is important Juan is now here on ESPN Radio. Let's go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. Great friend of this show, our lead analyst here uh, on Wednesdays. It's Sam Herter of Hero Sports and Bet MGM. Sam, what's going on, my man? How's the weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, another interesting week of FCS football, and we're only, what, two weeks away, two and a half weeks away from Selection Sunday. So it's, uh, it's getting about playoff time here. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, let's talk about the, the national landscape then. What stood out to you? I know you have your, your crazy wild Saturdays where you're watching 20 things at once, but what, what sort of things grabbed your attention uh, this last weekend around the country? Yeah, I think mostly it was just trying to figure out the CAA. Uh, I think there are six teams in contention for the FCS playoffs, and probably only four of them will end up making uh, the playoffs. So, so just figuring out you know, who's where, who's good, who's not, you know, they're all kind of doing a, a circular firing squad uh, on each other. Um, I think that was kind of the, the main takeaway out of this weekend is, is trying to figure out where the CAA teams are at. When you watch these leagues, is it possible to compare and contrast? And if so, I mean, can you like tell a difference? Uh, you know, when I know the CAA is competitive within themselves, like you're saying, kind of eating each other alive. Um, can you really gauge how they compare to other conferences? Like, how do the CAA look against the Missouri Valley and the Big Sky, the two primary conferences I usually watch? Yeah, it, it's tough to gauge, uh, you know, honestly. And I, my eyes are bouncing back and forth, you know, so often that I'm not, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of games, but I don't call it watching tape. You know, I'm not breaking down the X's and O's. I'm not watching, rewinding, and breaking down each play. I'm kind of bouncing from, from game to game. And so uh, I always say I'm not, you know, a, a going to talk about X's and O's too much because that's not necessarily my strength. And so, you know, I'm sure if I, I sat down with an FCS coach and we watched, uh, you know, Elon play three games and then we watched Weber State play three games, that FCS head coach would probably tell me, yep, this team would win and this is why. You know, I, I necessarily you know, can't do that from an, uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, but I can kind of do it from, you know, kind of just overall FCS knowledge, uh, I guess, and kind of getting the feel for uh, where these teams are at. But you can kind of tell, you know, watching teams, you know, teams that do look the part. Uh, you know, I always, you know, a team like Weber State, when you look at their offensive line, they kind of just look the part. Uh, you know, it's, when it comes to DBs and linebackers and, and wide receivers, they're all kind of the same size. But the offensive line, I think, is really the difference that I can tell just from the naked eye of, you know, if an offensive lineman has, you know, 300 pounders across the board, are they, how are they built? Do they all have guts on them and sure. can they move or are they all, you know, not thin, but they, they look athletic. I think that's one thing where I can tell the difference is uh, in the Missouri Valley and in the big sky, the offensive linemen just look a little different compared to uh, the SoCon and the CAA and especially the Southland. And so that's, that's one thing I could spot kind of with my naked eye, I guess. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It's a great piece of analysis. Sam Herter, Hero Sports uh, joining us. I think I think that's sort of what has changed about football too is just how athletic the guys on the fronts can be, and the higher level the football you get to, uh, how athletic they are. I also think that's why maybe offensive line play has suffered a little bit compared to how it was maybe 15, 20 years ago, and that's specifically stemming from uh, the Montana schools and even the University of Montana. Uh, just not as many. I guess a lot of guys are getting plucked. Like Montana, the, the state of Montana gets its, its best offensive lineman uh, taken by the FBS these days because recruiting uh, is just so advanced. Uh, let's talk. Um, you mentioned the Southland, and I thought it was very interesting. Uh, to I, I think I should say it, it has been very interesting to watch the rise of Incarnate Word. And I remember when they first kind of burst on the scene, and now they're kind of just sitting in the driver's seat there in a very depleted uh, Southland Conference, but they've been in the top 10 all year, and uh, you know, despite losing a really talented quarterback who ended up transferring to uh, Washington State in the offseason, uh, they've been competitive. They're 8-1. and one. Where are you at with Incarnate Word, Sam? 
Yeah, I think they're solid. You know, I don't know if they'll get past the quarterfinals, matchups pending, uh, of course. But I think they are good enough to uh, make the quarterfinals, especially if they are a seed. You know, resume-wise, they are looking uh, pretty good to get a seed. Probably will, probably will finish 10-1. and one. Uh, They do have an FBS win in there, uh, beating up on Nevada. Uh, they also have a win, a season-opening win against Southern Illinois. Uh, that, that, that win has kind of gone up and down as far as how good it looks. Uh, you know, SIU started 0-2, so, uh, you know, back in September, the win was good for UIW, but not great. Uh, but then Southern Illinois won five in a row, including a Power 5 win over Northwestern. And then, you know, at the end of September, beginning of October, we were looking at, you, we're, we were looking at that UIW over Southern Illinois win as, holy crap, you know, that was a really good win for Incarnate Word. Well, now Southern Illinois has lost two straight, and they're probably out of the playoff picture in a couple of weeks once they lose to NDSU. Uh, and so that's that's UIW's marquee win. Uh, win is beating uh, Southern Illinois 64-29. You know, how good that win is. You know, like I said, it's kind of going up and down. But I do think they're solid. Uh, you know, offensive firepower, Lindsey Scott Jr. Uh, is a really good quarterback for them, uh, for them. Defensively, I think they're better than previous years, but I don't know how they go. I don't know how they would stack up with a you know with a power rushing attack like South Dakota State, North Dakota State, uh, Weber State, Montana State. I, I don't know how they would hold up physically uh, against a team like like those teams if they were to meet up in the playoffs. Sam Herder here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Sam's a senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports and Bet MGM. Uh, let's talk about the Big Sky Conference then, Sam. A thriller again on Saturday night. Sac State's had back-to-back uh, really good games and uh, viewed by a lot of people, especially by Sac State standards, both in terms of their attendance and uh, just being on TV and, and getting the opportunity for people to actually see uh, the brand of football. And it's an entertaining one. And those are two big-time wins for Sac State. You know, they have sort of now finally gotten the respect as the front-runner that they are in the Big Sky. Uh, but they got... The, the best shot of, of Idaho this last weekend, you know, they're up 24-7, and then Idaho rallies all the way back, goes up 28-24, and then Sac State marches down and scores. And uh, Asher O'Hara, I mean, he's looking like an All-American type candidate as an all-purpose guy, and, and Sac State's just figuring out ways to get it done. Uh, are you on a national level, Sam, starting to believe in Sac State more? Like my brother said on our podcast, I mean, their playoff demons are going to be their playoff demons until they're not anymore, and they can't solve that until they get to the playoffs again. But as of right now, Sac State's definitely in the playoffs, and they're certainly in the mix for a top-four seed if they keep this thing going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think if Sac State does go 11-0, and which obviously would require going to Weber State this weekend, and getting a top five win, eleven and zero Sac State is for sure a top two seed, arguably uh, the number one seed. Sure. But I think their their resume wise, you know, certainly would have an argument to be the one seed over South Dakota State. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's tough to to gauge Sac State as far as you know. They're obviously a really good FCS team. Are they an elite uh, FCS title contending team? Uh, I, I don't really know. You know, the only team I feel comfortable uh, saying could win a national title is, is South Dakota State and, to a certain extent, North Dakota State, just because the Bison, you know, always kind of seem to ho-hum their way through the regular season and then dominate their way uh, through the playoffs. And so, you know, I would feel comfortable saying NDSU winning the national title won't surprise me. I think South Dakota State is the best team in the FCS. Them winning a uh, national title obviously wouldn't be surprising either. Uh, but after that, I don't. Sac State looks the part. They look more physical. They look better defensively. I think the offensive line uh, is looking really good, and you know the ways the offense can attack you uh, is scary. But at the same time, we've also seen you know this before. Uh, you know, back in 2019, the the duo of Elijah Dotson and Kevin Thompson looked unstoppable. Uh, yeah. But then once 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 it came to the once it came to the playoffs, and we got it more on a national scale, then I was like, okay, well, maybe that attack wasn't as good as we originally thought. And so Sac State is, I think, among the, the, the top you know tier of the FCS. I think the top tier probably has like five teams in it, uh, which is more than what it usually is. Uh, so I, I, think they, I think they do look the part, but again, it's just a matter of, you know, how would they really look against a team like South Dakota State that's looking really good this year? We, don't, we won't know that until you know, they potentially match up in the playoffs. It seems like my perception that, you know, the Big Sky has right now uh, three teams in the top five and uh, then another two in the top 15 in Idaho and Montana. 
But it, it seems to me that the Big Sky, while as even as it's ever been and uh, as high level just in terms of all the teams that are ranked so highly at the same time as it's been uh, in a little while, I still think it would be very surprising if any team from the Big Sky Conference won the, the national championship. Am I wrong here, Sam? No, I, I get what you're saying because it, it's it's hard to not just look at past precedent. And I, I say it every year that history tends to repeat itself in the FCS playoffs. Uh, you know, the <laughs> history is there on how things shake out. And, you know, I, I get to a certain extent why you, why you shouldn't take what, hap- what has happened in the past to – to, to form your opinion for this current year, but at the same time, it seems like every time, every year around this time, uh, you know, we're kind of talking about this, the FCS playoffs is wide open. You know, last year at this time, it seemed like there was eight teams, le- you know, legit good enough to win a national title. You know, could Eric Berrier win a national title with how he, he's leading that Eastern Washington offense? But once we get to the playoffs, you know, that right. wide openness goes from eight teams to Holy crap! NDSU is just destroying people, and yes. the Big Sky. The Big Sky hasn't matched up well with North Dakota State. The Big Sky hasn't matched up well uh, with South Dakota State, besides you know Montana State uh, last year. And so it's, I don't know. I try to find a fine balance of not relying on what happened in past years, but at the same time, you know, Sac State arguably has the better resume or not arguably for sure has the better resume than NDSU on paper and yeah. has a good argument to be ranked ahead of North Dakota state. But if you pulled everyone that follows the FCS who would win on a neutral field, North Dakota state or Sac state, I think 70% of people would probably vote for NDSU, uh, yeah. even though they haven't looked that way this season. So yeah, it's just, it, I, I get what you're saying. Um, why it would be a little bit of a surprise if a big fat team wins the national title. Uh, but who knows, maybe this is year that it is wide open and, and, and hopefully we can get a pretty exciting playoff. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be the thing is when any of these teams break through, it's just going to be breaking through and it's not going to be North Dakota state. I mean, the only team that's broken through since NDSU won their first one isn't in the FCS anymore. James Madison moved up. So, you know, I think that's the thing that would just add to the sort of element of quote unquote surprise is that, you know, Sac State had never even won a Big Sky Conference championship until 2019. The time, if they ever win their first national championship, that, that's just an enormous and somewhat surprising thing. Like, Weber State has been there. I mean, they've been in the Final Four uh, in recent years, and, they, you know, they've been to the playoffs, been to the Final Eight several times. It would still be very surprising if Weber State won a national championship because it's just been a long time. And that's the thing I, I always come back to, though, Sam. Uh, Sam Herter joining us, Hero Sports, is that in terms of just pure talent and ability. Montana State last year was one of the best teams I've ever covered in my 16 years covering the Big Sky and my 11 years covering the Cats. It was the best Cat team for sure. And I've covered some pretty good teams uh, during my time covering MSU. And uh, I know Tommy Malott's injury had an influence on it or whatever, but the Cats weren't even close uh, to North Dakota State. And so that's just where maybe maybe I just have a skewed uh, thing in my mind because I just I just still think that no matter what, North Dakota State's still the team to beat. Yeah, I think that last year's Frisco matchup and, and how that all went down kind of just played into the narrative so much in the offseason of, of is anyone ever going to catch NDSU? And, right. you know, I, I think I, I think Montana State was better than what they showed. I think if they played again the next week uh, and if Tommy Malott, you know, stayed healthy and they played again the next week, NDSU would still win, but it wouldn't be that much of a slaughter. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they, I think Montana State just ran into a buzzsaw where they were down 14 up, and then it was like, holy crap, we're in the national title game. Like, we're getting smoked. What's going on? I think it was just one of those things. But but I still think with how NDSU won that game uh, has, has certainly helped shape some narratives. Uh, the one thing with the FCS2 this year is I don't think there's – really an elite team out there. I think yeah. there's a handful of really good teams out there. I think South Dakota State is the most complete team. I mean, the best team, like I said, but, you know, there, there's some flaws in South Dakota State uh, a little bit. And I, I just don't get the sense that there's a 2018, and you know, NDSU team sure. or even a 2019 NDSU team uh, this year. And, and even the Bison, uh, maybe we overlooked a little bit this offseason just how much the Bison, you know, have lost. You know, sure. Christian Watson was was such a difference maker for that offense. You know, they lost a lot of defensive linemen. They lost two starting uh, linebackers. Um, and NDSU, you know, I think it's a combination of NDSU maybe coming back to the pack, but also you have, you know, Montana State and, you know, Sac State, Weber State also uh, elevating, South Dakota State elevating as well. And so I do, I do think programs like that have, have kind of gotten closer to NDSU, but I do think this year it seems like NDSU is – 
is in a transition year as they're playing a lot of young guys. Yeah. But this transition year for NDSU could still result in a national title. And so, um, I, yeah, I don't know if that top heaviness will ever go away. But at the same time, if there's a year to beat NDSU, uh, it's certainly this year. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MTF. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, this broad point is that uh, it's also easy to forget that with the, the way that these extra years of eligibility and uh, free waivers and free transfers and all these sorts of things, we are in the midst of, but getting closer to the end of this time where there's all these super-duper seniors. I mean, Lucas Johnson of Montana is in his seventh year of college. You know, I mean, the Cats have, I think, eight sixth-year seniors, but then they also the rest of the roster, though, is also a bunch of young guys that have delayed eligibility, especially uh, eligibility-wise. And so, uh, you know, like the Cats, for example, I think they have like 28 freshmen or sophomores on their two-deep. So that's, I think, another reason why maybe all these teams are sort of swimming to find and, like, attain that dominance. They've either never been there before, like Sac State, or a lot of times, like the Montana schools, I know North Dakota State's in this same boat. They're playing a lot of young guys, even though they have uh, a handful of old guys. It's sort of just the way the roster management is working right now. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I think this is, you know, a gettable year for, you know, teams to knock off NDSU because, you know, each COVID has impacted teams in a different way, and I think it's positively impacted South Dakota State because they have a lot of six-year dudes that have been around for right. a long time that have chosen uh, to come back. You know, NDSU has, you know, could have had some seniors come back this year that decided not to. They, they've lost some key guys like Jasir Cox, uh, Phoenix Sproles to the transfer portal. Um, and I think, too, just, you know, it's crazy to think, but – this could this could be Trey Lance's senior year at NDSU. Right. I think the whole I think the whole Trey Lance going to the NFL after his redshirt freshman year just kind of put NDSU back. You know, I think they were expecting him obviously for four years. Um, and, and Cam Miller is a starting quarterback, but you know we saw it in the spring when NDSU you know didn't have their guy. Uh, you know that that was not a very good NDSU squad, and so uh, I think that's why NDSU is kind of maybe falling back to the pack a little bit. Is it going to stay that way in the future? Probably not, but I just feel like right now that roster transition for NDSU, just with COVID in the, in the transfer portal, has not benefited NDSU while it has benefited, you know, potentially some other teams that are very veteran-laden. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Chris Hockey back in town this upcoming week. We got so many tickets for you, so we're going to start giving them away right now. Right now, we got a four-pack of tickets for you, courtesy of Katie O'Keefe. So you're going to go pick them up down at Katie O'Keefe's bar there at the Stevens Center. It's just a block or two away from the Glacier Ice Rink. We got four tickets and a pitcher of beer, courtesy of Katie's. You call us, we call them. You go have yourself a great Thursday night. Chris Hockey plays Weber State on Thursday. Call right now, caller number 5406 888 Oh, text us right now. Excuse me. Sam Herter's on the uh, Heroes, uh, the uh, the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, so of course we got to have a text. 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us right now. Chris Hockey tickets, courtesy of Katie O'Keefe's, plus a free pitcher of beer. All right, Sam, last couple things for you then. Um, let's talk about the Montana schools. First of all, what's your perception of the, uh, the national temperature uh, on Montana now that they've lost three in a row? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting because Montana has still held on to, you know, a, a top 15-ish rankings despite losing three in a row. And, you know, some people have said only only a team like Monta- uh, Montana can lose three in a row and still, you know, be ranked in, in, within the top 20. Uh, you know, I get that argument, but you can also look at it. They, they nearly beat two top five teams, Sac State and Weaver State, without their starting quarterback. And so, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe the Grizz get the benefit of the doubt. Um, and and they might need the benefit of the doubt if they do lose at the brawl of the wild, because like I've said, you know, multiple times on your show at, at seven and four, I don't know if Montana is guaranteed uh, yeah. to get in, especially when there's going to be a lot of seven division one win FCS teams out there. But I do think, uh, you know, Montana's brand could help. And I also think that the committee does talk about injuries uh, as well. And so I think they could look at the fact that Lucas Johnson was out uh, these last couple of games and, and maybe, maybe factor that in a little bit, but um, I don't know. I, I think it's beyond quarterback issues now. I mean, well, Montana rushed for like, what, 1.2 yards this last weekend uh, against Weber State, and so 
Um, I think it goes beyond just quarterback, but obviously, you know, getting Lucas Johnson back uh, is going to be really helpful. And, um, you know, they can still win out and make the playoffs. And so uh, it's three losses in a row, I, I know, is, is never great in, in, in Missoula, but, um, you know, certainly not out of it just yet. The uh, We get text from a uh, listener. Uh, Grizz actually not in the top 15. They're 16th this week uh, in the stats performance. Yeah, I think I, 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 think I said... <laughs> I think I said 15-ish because I couldn't yeah. remember off the top. No, totally. Idaho's 15, Montana's 16. I actually was looking at it, too, and I'm just too blind to see as I stand up here with my computer uh, on the other side of the desk. But uh, Montana 15, uh, is 16th, so you got uh, five big sky teams in the top 16 in the national poll and uh, three in the top five, Sac State 2, Montana State 3, Weber State 5. Uh, Sam, last thing for you, then what's your take on the Sac State-Weber State game? That This is like the last of this little three-week run of the uh, showdowns between the best teams in the conference. The Cats and the Grizz both get a little reprieve uh, with the Grizz hoping, uh, hosting Cal Poly uh, on Saturday night in Missoula, and, the, and then the Cats going to Flagstaff to take on Northern Arizona. So I think, you know, barring some disaster or some sort of catastrophe, I think those two at the Montana schools will take care of business for sure. So the biggest game in the league this week then on a national level is uh, Weber state Sac State. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, it, it's fascinating. Uh, I think this could be... Uh, a big game for Asher O'Hara. Uh, Jake Dunneyway has had some interception problems uh, lately, and Weber State uh, had had trouble a few weeks ago defending the quarterback run against Tommy Milan. So I think this could be a game where uh, we see some read uh, read option action with with O'Hara uh, and Scadabo as well. Uh, but I think this is a game that's a lot of people are going to be watching because it impacts South Dakota State, it impacts Montana State, it impacts North Dakota State as far as uh, where they're seated. And I think there's a chance. I, I just published this article recently, but uh, if Weber beats Sac State, then they both win out. And then if South, if South Dakota State wins out, Montana State wins out, North Dakota State wins out, uh, you're probably looking at Montana State as the number two seed uh, in this scenario because wow. they would be one ahead of uh, Weber State, and that could potentially push NDSU all the way down to the number five seed uh, because you would have South Dakota State the one seed, Montana State the two seed, Weber State the three seed. Um, and even 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 Sac State with one loss would probably have a better resume uh, than NDSU to be the four seed. Now, if Sac State wins, uh, and then they win out. Weber State also wins out. South Dakota State wins out. You're probably looking at a one slash two seed of Sac State and South Dakota State, and then that probably bumps Montana State to uh, the number three seed. And so, uh, this is a game that the Bobcats will certainly have their eye on. And of course, the Bobcats have to take care of business and win out and beat their rival to to get a top seed uh, like that. But it's just. It's interesting because at this time of the year, you know, a lot of different fan bases out there are going to be paying attention to this result because it is it does impact their team and how many games they could host in the playoffs. He's Sam Herter, Hero Sports. Go check out his fine work at HeroSports.com. You can also follow him on Twitter as well. Sam joins us during the first hour of each Wednesday's show here during football season. Sam, thanks for being here, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Keep those texts coming in. Grizz Hockey Tickets, courtesy of Katie O'Keefe's 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. we got four tickets to tomorrow night's Grizz Hockey Game against Weber State at the Glacier Ice Rink. Puck drops 730. So uh, keep texting us, 406-888-1029. Four-pack of tickets and a pitcher of beer, courtesy of Katie O'Keefe's. Interesting scenario that that uh, Sam laid out there for Montana State. If if the Cats uh, can take care of business and win the next couple, uh, Weber State beating Sac State would be very good for Montana State's strength of schedule and their playoff resume. We will talk more about the Bobcats' upcoming matchup at Northern Arizona on Saturday. Right after this, Callahan O'Reilly, our Montana State Minute. Keep it right here, Nuanas Doubt, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit Skyline Sports and 
SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. I found myself a new research project, as I was saying, to lead the show. Uh, old friend, uh, old childhood neighbor stopped by, brought us some sports uh, memorabilia. And uh, she was also asking how to find old Missoulian articles. And she said, you got to find out about John T. Campbell, who used to be a journalist here in town. He used to uh, write a column on the Missoulian sports page called Instant Recall. And I guess there was some some great tidbits and fun stuff. And uh, so I don't know. If I find out about John T. Campbell, I'll let all you people know as well. I just have it written here on my show outline. So I don't know. Just uh, I thought it was interesting. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Montana State has not been to Northern Arizona since 2017. That's pretty crazy. Uh, that was year two of Jeff Choate. Now they're in year two of Brent Vegan. So uh, a whole different look for the Bobcats, but a lot of the same things remain the same. Just not playing NAU has been pretty similar. Only one guy on the Bobcats, R.J. Fitzgerald, uh, a senior fullback from Dillon. He is the only guy that's ever played at the uh, walk-up Sky Dome there in Flagstaff. So uh, should be interesting matchup for sure. NAU has uh, been struggling a little bit this year. Not as good as some expected. I didn't really know what I thought. I thought they had a chance to maybe be, you know, winning record or flirt with the playoffs. And if, if they were to win out with a win over the Cats, they'd get to 6-5, and five and uh, they'd be okay. Um, but maybe a little bit underachieving so far this year, but a, a talented squad nonetheless. Uh, so let's dive into our Montana State Minute. It's presented by J&V Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, you can score big with J&V. Everything you need for your next big tailgate or that fun family party, you can find it at one of J&V's great locations, Bozeman, Billings, Great Falls. Can't make it in? J&V also has a pretty great website, jvrestaurant.com. Time now for our Montana State Minute, where we feature interviews from Montana State Athletics. This time of year, Montana State football. We're joined now by senior captain inside linebacker Callahan O'Reilly. Callahan, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Just got done with a good practice, good Tuesday practice, so... I find that part interesting because I think that most uh, people just think that college football practices are in the afternoon, but you guys have been going in the morning for quite some time. What do you think about going in the morning, especially as it starts to get colder like this? Oh uh, Yeah, we've been going in the morning since I've been here. Uh, we do spring ball in the afternoon, actually, but I really like the morning, you know, get up, gets you going for the day, gets, gets, you, gets you up early, get it out of the way, and I mean... I like it better. You don't wait around all day. You can just get it done. Get the hard stuff out of the way first, right? Uh, yeah. When it comes to your uh, out-of-state teammates, I think that's probably one of the biggest adjustments, right, is, is the guys from California and Florida and stuff getting used to, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning in November. So what's it like watching them when they're trying to get used to it? Yeah, it's cold. It's cold and dark, you know, but they get bundled up. And we've been pretty fortunate this year so far. I mean, I'm standing out here right now. It's probably 40, 50 degrees on November 1st, so, you know, you can't complain about that. Montana State at Northern Arizona this week. Bobcats coming off of a bye. Uh, so, first question for you, Callahan. What uh, what have you thought of the play so far? I mean, you guys are 5-0 and in Big Sky Conference play, and uh, it's been fascinating to watch you guys evolve, just figuring out ways to win every single week out. So, what has it taken? How have you guys gotten to this point in the season? Yeah, you know, I think I think we set ourselves up well, and I think it's just getting better every week. You know, I think I think we've done that so far, especially on the defense side of the ball. I think the offense has been killing it, you know, since since week one. You know, but I think as a defense, we've really improved every week, and we really just want to keep improving going into this last three game stretch and into the playoffs. What is that improvement taking? Because I, I know that early on, it seemed like you guys were finding your way playing well at times and then giving up big plays at times, but it seems like you've shored a lot of things up. How have you guys been able to do that? Uh, I think it's just focus in practice, you know, being more detailed in practice, not letting those big plays happen in practice and they're going to happen in the game. So it's everyone being detailed and dialed and really taking practice seriously. And, you know, uh, just besides that, I mean, it's a little bit of a new scheme, but not much. So, you know, the more comfortable we get with it, you know, I think we're going to keep getting better. What were you guys able to get done uh, on the bye week? How did the bye week go? 
Uh, the vibe was really good, you know. We still, my week's not like the NFL, you know. I was talking to my buddy Lance, and he's back here all week. You know, we're still getting plenty of work in. We're still working every day. We got Friday off, but we still had practice Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we were still able to get quite a bit done. Callahan O'Reilly joining us here on the Montana State Minute. It's presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant, your home for everything kitchen. Go visit online, jvrestaurant.com. Uh, Cal, you mentioned Lance McCutcheon being back. That's very cool. I saw a bunch of those guys back, Lewis Kidd and uh, Chase Benson, Derek Marks, a bunch of guys that are a couple years older than you. So um, Tyle kind of talked about that after the last win. He talked about just kind of how uh, the, those guys helped kind of pave the way for you guys, and you guys are trying to uphold that standard. So how does it influence you when, when older Bobcats, guys that you played with, guys that you came up with, come back? Yeah, it's really cool. It's obviously just good to see them. But on top of that, you know, I think – I think it just shows the culture that we've built around here. You know, guys love it here. They want to come back when they're done. And, I mean, people, the people just like it here. You know, everyone that we've had transfer here since I've been here has been, you know, so grateful for their experience and grateful they came here. So I think it just speaks to kind of the culture we've had and kind of the experience that Montana State's provided for a lot of those guys. An interesting dynamic this week, too. I know that the Big Sky schedule and, and commentary and debate about it has been uh, talked about for years and years, and no need to get into the uh, the pluses and minuses of all of that but it is just so weird you guys go to Flagstaff go to Northern Arizona for the first time since you were a red shirt so when you try to mentally prepare yourself to go somewhere that you've never been before what's that process like I mean obviously it's going to be a new experience but anywhere you go you know you're playing on a hundred yard football field so I mean it's nothing too crazy it's cool to see another place you know it's the only place in the big sky I haven't been besides Idaho I think so it'll be cool to to get a new experience, see a new stadium, but ultimately at the end of the day, you're just playing football. So, Back in 2017, things were a lot different for you. You were playing quarterback on the scout team. So, I mean, how much has changed for you? What's it been like to go through this entire transition and, and now here you are in your third year as a starting inside linebacker? Oh, uh, yeah, it's been pretty awesome. You know, it's crazy to think. Crazy thing, that's where I was in 2017. But, you know, I'm just thankful for, for the opportunities that I got, you know, and I – thankful they did move me to to linebacker because i think it's turned out pretty well but you know i can't really ask for more than what i've got from my time here at msu so far what do you remember just about the the state of the program and the team back in 2017 that's choate's second year and and, and, you know your first year playing college football so what's the same what's different from from five years ago you know five years ago i think that you could really see something something being special built you know but we weren't weren't quite pulling off those big wins you know we weren't we weren't beating the Eastern Washingtons, the Weber States, and you know now now we're winning those games, and we're just uh, trying to stay at this this high level that we've achieved, you know, through what we started building back in 2017. I think. Kellen O'Reilly joining us here on the Montana State Minute. He is a senior inside linebacker for the Montana State Bobcats. They play at Northern Arizona uh, on Saturday. Kellen, uh, what? What's the scout like on Northern Arizona? I know they got a, a really good young quarterback in R.J. Martinez, who was the freshman of the year last year. They've been missing their stud running back for most of the year. So um, what are you guys preparing for? What have you seen on film so far at NAU? Uh, yeah, uh, they run uh, offense a lot, like most of the offense is the base guy, a lot of 11 personnel, you know. They like to throw it a little more. I think they're a little over almost 60% passing, you know. That's probably because of their – a good quarterback and probably also part of the partly because you know they haven't had their running back for a while you know but we're we're preparing for him too you know you don't know who's going to come back out after a bye week so we definitely could see him so if he comes back you know they'll probably try to run a little more but they're definitely more of a throwing team 11 personnel want to spread you out a little bit when it comes to just the logistics of this trip i mean that's always could be something you fall back on and think too hard about but how, how do you not do that i mean how, how do you just sort of let it let it go as it is and and uh, just play like like you're saying every like you do every other game same size field all that yeah i think kind of what i mentioned earlier you know just getting better every week you know as a defense you know we we want to just get better i mean these are the games where you need to just continue to play your best and you just have to take every game seriously you know i mean we were in a pretty similar position at this time last year and we ended up you know dropping one game and it doesn't matter who you drop that game to if we want to achieve the goals that we have set out for us as a team you know you have to win every game in this conference so so that's our mindset is just take every game one at a time and go out there stack up the wins very good a couple more things for you i just wanted to ask about tyrell thomas we're doing a little senior profile on him this week and 
Uh, he's such an interesting guy because he was one of the guys from your class that played right away, and then he's kind of been in reverse where he's been battling these injuries these last couple of years. But, you know, he stuck it out, and uh, here he is now as a fifth-year senior. So what have you thought of just what he's brought to the locker room? Yeah, you know, I, I love Tyrell. And uh, it's just cool to see, see a guy who did start early, you know, and he has dealt with some setbacks, you know, but he still stuck it out. He's still here for his sixth year, I think. I want to say there's six or seven of us and from a class of 30. I mean, that just speaks to speaks to him sticking it out and, you know, just enjoying his experience here and getting the most out of it. When it comes to that group of guys that is six or seven guys that have been there uh, for the duration, for the long haul, how have you guys done it? How have you guys made it to the end? And what have been the motivating factors to get to the end? Um, I think, you know, I think we had a, had a great class coming in, which is a big part of it. You know, obviously there were guys in that class who graduated last year, like, Troy and Lance and some others that, you know, just moved on. Um, but there was quite a few guys who stuck it out. And I think part of it is just we had a great class where everyone, you know, was friends with each other. And that makes it easier, you know, when you have so many good friends on the team to want to stick it out. Callahan O'Reilly, Montana State senior inside linebacker, MSU at Northern Arizona on Saturday. First time in Flagstaff since 2017. Cal, thanks for joining us, man. We'll catch up with you soon. Of course. Thanks, Colter. Yo, Callan O'Reilly. It's our Montana State Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Need something for your upcoming tailgate party? Visit one of JNV's three locations, Bozeman Buildings and Great Falls. And if you can't make it in, visit their awesome website, jvrestaurant.com. I do think when you talk about like the development of a program, especially one of the Montana schools programs, and if you still maintain the, uh, the desire and uh, sort of the, the demand to have your roster be built on the foundation of Montana kids. I think what O'Reilly was talking about there, uh, it is important. The guys that redshirt together and then become fast friends from all around the state, and then they can build sort of the, the, the bedrock of what you want your, your senior class to eventually be, you know, five years down the road for those guys that do redshirt. And in the case of this group of eight from Montana State, there's actually eight sixth-year seniors, guys that were redshirting in 2017. R.J. Fitzgerald's part of that group as well, even though he played as a true freshman in 2017. Then he got a, he had an off year uh, later on in his career. But, you know, like I think back to those, some of those great Grizz teams in the late 2000s that were just littered with Montana guys. And those guys, they're, like that grade, 2005 class of high school that then was fifth-year seniors in 20, uh, 2009 when the Grizz went undefeated all the way to the national championship, there was 20-plus guys from Montana that signed in that class and redshirted together that made it to the end. I mean, that's an amazing number. But that's how you get to that you know can't-be-beat-won't-be-beat attitude like Montana State has. And uh, I, I don't know if the, the Cats are right there where those like late 2000s Grizz teams were at yet, but uh, it is an important factor, especially for the schools in Montana. We'll see if programs are able to maintain it, but... Um, it, it, it can point to that camaraderie formed during that redshirt year and then the progress that you make as a group culminating in being a senior or in, in the case of these last couple of years, these groups of, of super seniors, particularly that have played uh, at Montana State. You hungry? I'm hungry. Man, if I could have a chicken wing right now, that'd be just glorious. Uh, we got 12 of them for you from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, and we have Grizz Hockey tickets. Plus, we're here from Mike Anderson, the uh, head coach uh, of the Grizz hockey team. All that next here on Wing It Wednesday. Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Grizz hockey. Keep it right here. No one is now. ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio Missoula. Just reading my new book. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. You want a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill and four, or excuse me, two tickets to Thursday night's Grizz hockey game? Call us right now. 
406-888-1029. Go fast. Call number two, 888-1029. Call right now, 406-888-1029. Got four tickets, or excuse me, two tickets to the Grizz Hockey game and uh, a dozen wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Grizz Hockey plays Weber State uh, tomorrow night, 888-1029 for your chance to win Grizz Hockey tickets and wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I'm looking at this 1992 Football Superstars album, and it has the uh, the league leaders uh, from the, I guess this would have been the 1991 football season. Jim Kelly led the league in passing that year, 3,844 yards. Crazy how pedestrian that seems. He threw 33 touchdowns. He also threw 17 interceptions. The pick numbers in this are just crazy. Uh, Dan Marino threw 13 picks that year. Warren Moon threw 21 picks. In 1991, uh, Hugh Millen threw 18 picks. Boomer Esiason threw 16 picks. Amazing. That's the number that stands out. But uh, Moon did lead the, the league in passing yards. I guess it was Kelly that led in passer rating. But uh, Moon led in passing yards way ahead of his time there for the Houston Oilers, 4,690 yards. Thurman Thomas led the AFC in uh, rushing that year, 1,407 yards. This is just fun to look at. I love this kind of stuff. Thanks for uh, to our friend for uh, dropping this off. Uh, time now to talk some Grizz hockey. We will uh, go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line in just a minute and uh, talk to Mike Anderson, the uh, one of the co-head coaches of the Grizz hockey team. Congratulations to our winner, whoever uh, is the fine winner of the uh, the Wings and the hockey. And the Grizz are at home Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this upcoming weekend. So stay tuned. We have. Four more tickets from Katie O'Keefe's uh, for you tomorrow, and then another four on Friday. And uh, we'll have two more sets of tickets for you as well. So a ton of tickets coming at you uh, here upcoming uh, to the Grizz Hockey three-game homestand uh, this upcoming weekend. On that note, would you go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line? Mike Anderson, co-head coach of the Grizz Hockey team, uh, joining us. Coach, thanks for being here, man. Uh, first of all, just uh, give us a recap of this last weekend. What'd you like? What do you want to see improve? What's the general scope of Grizz hockey now as we're in kind of the end of the meat of the season? Yeah, we're ten games in, sitting at seven and three, uh, so not bad for that. Um, we played uh, the top team in the country as you talked about last week on Thursday night, and we played them really well. We outshot them. We outplayed them by a lot of metrics. Uh, just couldn't pop one in. And by the you know, five or eight minutes left, a couple mistakes, they popped three in late, but it was 2 nothing for most of the game. Uh, off a couple of goals that really felt could have bounced a different way. And so we felt really good about ourselves after that game. We don't like to lose, but our process was really strong. We're doing a lot of the good things. We went to Cheney Friday, Saturday. Friday was closer than it should have been. Again, we're doing a lot of the right things. Just weren't capitalizing. Pull out an overtime win, a beautiful goal by uh, Max Toyola. Uh, if you can go on Instagram, check it out. It's pretty sweet to win it. And then Saturday, we did what we needed to do for two periods at least. Played really well. Scored seven in the second. Beat them eight to one. Uh, third period wasn't our best, but you know it's it's tough playing three games in a row. But uh, overall, pretty pretty good weekend. We're happy with how it turned out. We beat who we should have beat, and we played really well against a team that uh, it's a great measuring stick for us. The three games in a row is a challenge, and you got that again this weekend. So uh, did you learn anything uh, just in terms of mitigation or, or just how you go about managing the guys? You definitely want to roll four lines a bit more, uh, get some guys in who maybe didn't play one night, get them in the next night, get some other guys a rest. But really with the big difference for us is last year these weekends killed us because our roster was so small this year. We're not getting as tired or banged up during practice. We have enough guys to, to mitigate all that, so the guys are in a lot better shape and a lot healthier than we were at this point last year. So that's really the big thing is the, the weekly preparation, um, not pushing them too hard, but getting good reps in and, and keeping them healthy and ready to go. So not didn't really learn too much. It's just it's a grind. You play three games in a row. You just do your best to get up for each and, and give what you have that night. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey. Joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN Montana app. We'll be carrying Grizz Hockey throughout the season, so you can find those calls when the Grizz are at home uh, here on ESPN Radio. And you can always find Grizz Hockey action on the ESPN uh, MT app. I listened to, speaking of the radio call, I listened to Jeff Safford uh, on Thursday night's call against the University of Mary, and 
You guys fought hard in that one. I mean, it was only 2 nothing going into the final period and sort of a late flurry of goals. So you mentioned it kind of being a measuring stick. How do you think you measured up to one of the best uh, hockey teams at this level? I think we measured up really well. It was a very um, – as coaching staff, we've been telling the guys all year, like, hey, we're a team that can do this, X, Y, and Z. We just need to, to be doing certain things. And, and they really did those things on Thursday, and it showed. Uh, I think it was a good confidence booster for everybody, and it was – it's our expectation now, that level of intensity, that level of focus, that level of back pressure, that level of, of want to that, that really showed that night. And that's our expectation now for every game, and we saw it pretty solid against Eastern too. But I think, you know, with MSU, it was a measuring stick that we didn't quite live up to. With Mary, similar scores, but just a very different feel in game. And, and we know that we put them on their heels. We know that they were nervous and scared. And, and it kind of showed the next night they go to Bozeman and, and lose to, to MSU for the first time in 33 games. And we like to think at least we tired them out a little bit and, and uh, helped out our in-state rival a little bit. But uh, they did beat them the next night. So Mary's a really good team. We played them really well. And that was a huge boost for us to understand that we are capable of a pretty high level of play. Grizz Hockey back in town Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, all at the Glacier Ice Rink, 8 p.m. for the puck drop on Thursday, then 7.30 Friday and Saturday. Uh, Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey co-head coach joining us here on Nuanas Now, last thing for you, Coach, what uh, what's the scout for this weekend? you got Weber on Thursday and then back-to-back against Utah State on Friday, Saturday. So uh, what can we expect from these squads from the Beehive State? Uh, they're both really good teams, really good programs. Uh Utah State took you Mary to overtime a couple weeks ago. Weber beat MSU, so we're expecting high-level competition. We played them both pretty strong last year, but again, it was at a time of year where we were we were struggling to get bodies. So we're excited to, to host them again and and play a solid, a really good programs that uh, we're excited to play against. Weber is a lot more skilled, um, a lot more possession-based, a bit more like how we want to play, and and then Utah State's a grind it out, protect the net attack and transition type group and you know we have some special some nights coming up too thursday nights edm night so if you if you like that electronic dance music coming out we'll have a live dj pumping music between periods and before the game and then uh friday night we have fan appreciation night first a thousand get a koozie chris hockey koozie and then saturday we're trying something new with uh, public service employee appreciation night Anyone who works within the public service realm, um, they get half off tickets at admission when you buy at the door. Very cool. Go check out Grizz Hockey down the Glacier Ice Rink Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 8 p.m. for Thursday's puck drop against Weber State, and then 7.30 Utah State in town November, or excuse me, on Friday and Saturday, November 4th and 5th, that is. Uh, so go check out Grizz Hockey if you are around about town. Very exciting action. Mike Anderson joins us here to close out the 4 o'clock hour each Wednesday. Coach, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being here. Sounds good. See you, Colter. Hour 1 of the books. Hour 2 coming at you. Bo Baldwin, Cal Poly, they're coming to Missoula on Saturday. The longtime Big Sky Conference head coach, what are the challenges of rebuilding the Mustangs? What does he think of Bobby Houck's Grizzlies? Plus, we'll hear from one of those Grizzlies, Trajan Cotton, a a veteran defensive back for the University of Montana, will join us for a Grizz Star of the Week about 5.30. Keep it right here. Jam-packed Nuwana is now coming at you. Hour number two, it's ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.